Good morning. My name is Kareem Kanji, and this is my podcast. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm really excited to bring to you uh, my next guest. My next guest is a poet, a musician, uh, an actor, an artist. His name is Ian Ketiku. Uh, Ian Ketiku is a World Slam Poetry Champion and a two-time National Poetry Slam champion as well. Uh, I had the pleasure and honor of speaking with him last week, and uh, I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Ian Ketiku. So prior to now, when was the last time you had a television? I don't know. Long time ago. Long time ago. Must have been, yeah, early 2000, something like that. Wow. So have you been watching television or are you streaming stuff? Yeah, you know, mostly, you know what it is nowadays, right? It's all stream life. Um, But yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, the wifey, uh, you know, uh, I recently got uh, married last year and, you know, better. Thanks. Uh, It's uh, Netflix is always better on the big screen. So yeah, what's um, what's your cup of tea in terms of Netflix shows? What do you like watching? Oh well, what I like watching and what she likes watching are very oh. different. So um, personally, uh, you know, I, I'm into the gangster stuff. You know, uh, okay, we're talking power. We're talking um, what's Mar- Marty Bird? Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, what's it called? Marty Bird, I haven't. Yeah, Marty Bird, he's a character. Oh, yeah, the show's not coming to me right now. Uh, Last Godfather of Harlem. You know, these kind of like drugs and gangsterism. And uh, it's called, I see you looking. Marty Bird, Ozark, Ozark. Ozark, Ozark, Narcos. Yeah, things like that. But uh, because of uh, the disparity in viewing choices i have seen all the seasons of the great canadian bake-off so you know what it is yeah. <laughs> it is so funny you say that my wife has her own netflix channel like you sure know, you can, i have count. my own my uh, our 14 year old son has his own yeah and uh there it's interesting the overlap is far and few between right right you know she right. watched is it Bridgerton? That's the new hot show. Okay. She watched that in one night, the whole season. Nice. Um, yeah, I, I prefer to watch, you know, John Wick on repeat. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Guns and dogs. Uh, you know, we we found some middle ground. Uh, the Crown. Um, also. Yeah, yeah. Queen, Queen's Gambit. Uh, yes. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah, there, there's, there's, yeah, there is. You're right. There, there is some, there is a little bit of overlap. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, that is so true. Uh, Ian, thanks so much for, uh, for joining me this evening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This is really exciting. Uh, you have such a wonderful list of lauded and accomplished uh, individuals on your on your podcast. So it's uh, such a pleasure to be in such great company. Well, thank, thank you. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, your last name, Keteku? Keteku. Keteku? 
That's right. Yeah. Is that okay? Kateku. Okay. All right. Perfect. Uh, I want to make sure I get that correct. Um, I don't know whether we'll use the whole time, but I have a scheduled for an hour. Is cool. that fine? Do you have a hard stop? No, we good. Okay. Perfect. And um, is there anything that you don't want to talk about or speak about today? No. Well, no. Yeah, no, we're good. Okay, perfect. Um, awesome. Well, listen, first off, um, how's your health been past uh, 10 months? We've all been dealing with this pandemic. Um, how are things with you? Yeah, we give thanks to the Most High, you know, been staying healthy. Uh, the gym is now indoors, uh, but we, yeah, we give thanks. I, I have some people around, some family that uh, are not as healthy. And so mm. we're super cautious about that. Uh, my father, for instance, he's uh, diabetic and has a lot of different complications. But I just heard last week that he got the first dose of the vaccine. So oh, he survived wonderful. 2020 and uh, okay. got the first vaccine. We'll see if he falls uh, ill because of it. But, uh, you know, he's... he's uh, the guinea pigs, right? Uh, I'm very weary of the vaccine. So, but I'm glad that he got it, and uh, we're waiting on that second dose. Okay, good, good. Is, um, you, you talked about the gym is indoors. Are have you? Did you buy? Oh, what are those bikes called that you watch and you ride? Right, right. I, I can't, I can't remember. But like, what did you pick up? Anything new? Obviously, yeah, we, your TV. Well, we got a kettlebell, uh, a medicine yeah. ball, a yoga mat. Right. And my own body. I got to tell you, though, uh, I think it was June 9th this year. Uh, I was outside playing basketball and I tore my Achilles. Oh, geez. Now, yeah, this happened a year exactly to the day that Kevin Durant tore his Achilles. I, I find some connection oh, there. Okay. Uh, and... Yeah, it's so that's been a, a really uh, interesting process. So for the first few months, I, you know, I was hobbling, not walking, had a cast, but now I go to rehab once a week, do some acupuncture. And so a lot of my gym work is uh, calf muscle stretches and okay, yes, easy things like this. I can imagine. Wow. Well, stay, stay healthy there. Stay healthy. Thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I guess besides, um, rehabbing um you're a very creative person uh former world champion two-time canadian poetry slam champion um how have you been or have you been inspired or creative over i don't know past eight to ten months yeah you know at the beginning it was really difficult uh, because you're cooped up inside and more so that, you know, the world was kind of going through this mental chaos. The consciousness of the world seemed to be very busy and very concerned with a lot of different things. Uh, you know, the pandemic hit, but also the rise of uh, Black Lives Matter movements, uh, a lot of situations happening with police uh, and police abuse around the world, uh, Nigeria, United States, mm -hmm. Israel, all over. And so, you know, these things definitely uh, affect uh, me and I'm sure everyone else. And it's sometimes difficult to find the creative juices when there's just so much going on. And so 
you know, it took a while for me to, I had to sort of tap out of hmm. the everyday conversations to be able to uh, create. But uh, we, found okay. a, we found a vibe, we found a flow, and, uh, you know, we, we give thanks to the powers that be that we've been able to uh, keep on creating and keep on collaborating. So when it comes to, I'm curious, Ian, when it comes to, so specific to poetry, because I know you do, yeah. a, a, you, you do sure. other things as well. Um, are you, do you take feedback from what's going on around you personally, around what's going on in your community, around the world? Like, what are your, what are your inputs? Yeah, definitely all, all of that. Um, okay. a lot of, a lot of inputs actually come from personal experiences and, you know, I might not write about it directly, but it can inspire themes or ideas. However, when things sort of blow up and they're viral or they're in the face of the public uh, eye or mind or consciousness, I try and take a step back or a couple mm. steps back. So I haven't really written about anything pandemic wise okay. uh, because for me at least, um, I think that there's a lot of people writing about it. And I, I try and approach issues from an alternative space, from a different angle. And oftentimes we got to pull back to see sort of a, a bird's eye view or even get closer to get a sort of micro view of what's going on. Uh, and so, you know, I hear the things, I listen to it, I read about it, but it's not necessarily the impetus for my creative uh, expression. Okay. Okay. So this past year, it must've been like a, I don't know, challenging is, is, is the word in terms of your art because there is everything going on, you know, and we're all um, sort of reacting to it, you know, in our own ways and uh, adapting to it in, in our own ways. Where have you sought uh, creative refuge? Yeah, it's mostly from the people that I work with, um, a lot of okay. collaborations. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have things already in the pipeline prior to the pandemic. So, uh, you know, working on film projects, being able to write those things. But the issue comes when, you know, perhaps you want to write something funny. Perhaps you want to write an uh, anecdote about food. Perhaps you want to write something inspirational for the people. But there's, there's a lot of drama happening around the world. And, of course, you definitely want to focus on that and you want to lend your voice to these causes. Uh, and so it's, it's a balancing act that I've sort of had to play with. Uh, it's been a difficult time, but... You know, at the same time, I got to give thanks. We're alive, we're healthy, yeah. we're able to create. And at the same time, I think it's important to, for me at least, to remember that, uh, you know, creation and creative work, and I think poetry in particular, is a public service. So when mm. times are difficult and when times are tough, I think that's when the vocation is most needed. And so, you know, it, 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 these times definitely inspire me uh, to create works that lift up people, that uh, speak for underrepresented voices, that, you know, give a little bit of hope and sunshine in all of the darkness. I hear you. I don't want to put you on the spot, but um, 
if it's okay with you, whether I ask you now or later, I'd love yeah. if you if you can, you know, because I you know I know it's a thing that you do. Um, you know, if there's something that you, something short that you've created drop or something some bars, that created, yeah, 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 for sure, we'll that, drop some that, bars. That would be great. I don't want to put you on the spot right now, but it's all good. I know one of the things, Ian, that that you've done. Um, obviously, my crack research team, you know, yeah. behind the scenes, right, right, right. Um, there was this uh, a, a video that you helped, uh, or an anim- animated video yeah. that you helped put together. Am uh, I pronunciation? Sorry. I want to hear you say, yeah, yeah, jollof rice. Jollof, jollof. Yeah. Jollof rice. So tell me about this. Your mom was uh, like a TV personality. Right. And and made like the number, like, tell me about this. This is interesting. Yes. So uh, I grew up partly in Calgary, Alberta, and the other part of my childhood, I grew up in Ghana, West Africa. And when we were there, my mom had a... uh, a cooking segment on a woman's uh, themed television show called Freital Women's Digest. And so uh, once a week, she's prepared these dishes. And one time we were on the show, it's a very interesting clip. Uh, she created uh, apple bread pudding. And okay. we didn't really like it. My mom's an amazing, my mom's an amazing chef, but at this, this particular dish, we weren't really feeling it. And you could see on our faces, me and my brothers were trying so hard to like put on the facade that we really love this dish. But when it comes to jollof rice, so jollof rice is a staple in West African uh, cuisine. Okay. Uh, There has been a long, rich, and contentious history between Ghana and Nigeria over who makes the best jollof rice. There's been competitions around the world, different taste tests. People have actually died over this battle, and uh, they call this battle of jollof, jollof wars. I truly believe that my mother makes the best jollof rice in the world. And anyone who has tasted her jollof rice will tell you the same. When I was a kid, she was making this amazing jollof rice. And I thought, hey, I got some cooking skills. I do not. And I decided to add heap loads of salt into the jollof rice. I got in massive trouble. um, And it wasn't only until recently that you know, I started investing in uh, film and animation and wanting to tell some of these anecdotes. And uh, given the time frame that we're in with, uh, you know, racial injustice and the pandemic and politics, I thought, you know, it could be interesting to just put out, everybody loves food and gathering around food and focusing around food. And let me just share a little bit of my story uh, when it comes to this very popular dish. So that was really fun uh, to write and create and direct. Uh, I worked with uh, Greg Doble and uh, the CBC, the Canada Council for the Arts, uh, on, on creating this piece. We have a couple more coming out on some different themes. Uh, okay. And so, yeah, it's been a, a really fun process. Oh, nice. What did, uh, what did the family think of, uh, of this? Yeah, my mom uh, loved it. Uh, however, uh, 
my brother, uh, who I featured in the film, uh, in that my brother last year, he went to a taste test. He, he's Ghanaian, like I am. He went to a Nigeria versus Ghana jollof rice taste test, blind taste test. So this is a real thing. You're not, you're not like, this is not just some. No, no, no. Joke. BBC, CNN. It's a, it's a worldwide. <laughs> it's a, I'm not the first and definitely won't be the last, but you know, my brother chose the Nigerian jollof, which is taboo. You don't do that. That's you know? right. I remember that from the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a bit, you know, it's a bit treasonous to do so. Uh, and so he wasn't so happy that I included him in that anecdote there. What goes into jollof rice? Is it just, you know, just the, where it's grown or like what, what is added into it that makes it so? Well, you know, this is the thing you have so many different kinds of recipes, but essentially it's rice, tomato stew, boiled and cooked. My mom actually does it in the oven, which is her special recipe. Oh. Some people, uh, you can put in some vegetables, some uh, ground beef, and maybe you top it off with some chicken, some fish, uh, but different people from different countries do it differently. And so that's where the, that's where the beef, well, I guess not the beef, but you know, the, uh, <laughs> the battle is. Yeah. We, we have a dish. I don't know whether it's an East African dish or an, in, or a, an Indian dish called, um, I think it's called pilau. Yeah. 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 yeah very similar. Very yeah. similar. Okay. Very that's similar. Good. I think I know what you're talking about. It is interesting though, Ian, right? When, I don't know how you are about your mom's cooking, but it sounds like, you know, your mom's cooking is, is, you know, for you is the best bar none. And for me, it is like my mom's cooking. I would, you know, love it. Um, but there's always one dish that mom cooks. Yeah. That I don't want her to cook. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is it is it the same thing with your mom? Like your mom's the best cook ever sort of thing? Yeah. Well, here's the problem. Everyone thinks that their mom's the best cook. Yeah. And they, sh and they should think that. But my mom is like an internationally recognized <laughs> chef. Yeah. Uh, she was uh, one of the head chefs for the 88 Olympics in Calgary. Like, wow. it, you know, it's, it's a very serious thing. So yeah. if I walk around and say my mom's cooking is the best, you know, I sound like a jerk, yeah. but, you know, it's true. Someone, it's else can, someone else can taste my mom's cooking and they will also say that. And so it's not, you know. They will agree. They will agree. <laughs> uh, they will agree. International uh, cuisine. Uh, listen, I got to be honest. I don't know how to cook. Because I, I've never, no, I never had to, you know what I mean? I, I've never had to why learn. Why bother when you've got the best exactly. at home? Exactly. Like, exactly. You know, the best at cooking, find something else to exactly. do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. your mom is the best cook and, and you've won a world champion poetry slam. So, <laughs> you know, I think it's time for your brother to uh, like, what's he up to these days? Except picking the wrong, the wrong rice. Right. It's picking the wrong rice, accounting of the wrong rice, you know. Yeah, it's holding it down. <laughs> well, you said you said we have Palau. What, uh, yeah. Which area are you talking about? Um, so my parents are from uh, Uganda. Oh, give thanks. I love Uganda. Yeah. Originally from uh, the Gujarat area of India, I think is where their grandparents right. are, are originally from. 
Right. Yeah. Uganda's going through some uh, interesting elections right now. Uh, you heard mm. of uh, Bobby Wine? He's like a rapper turned oh president elect. Uh, and the current president has been sort of locking him in jail, uh, lots of police abuse towards him, but they're having their elections soon. And it looks like this rapper's going to win. He's super popular. And, and should, I'm always, ah, this is, it's a weird time we live in, right? Where, yeah. where pop stars or celebrities yeah. become our, our political leaders right. or, or sort of, you know, in charge of running the country. It's, it's a very right. strange and, uh, and weird time, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to say that, you know, anyone should necessarily stay in their lane sort of thing. Yeah. But I, I get concerned when, you know, because, you know, we've got the experience just down South with a, uh, a reality TV star turned leader of the free world. Yeah. Turned uh, dictator wannabe, it seems. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It's, well, uh, if, the, if there was a job, like, so, you know, usually it's uh, lawyers. Um, yeah. You have, uh, what else? Uh, business people, uh, mm-hmm. at least in Canada here. Um, yeah. And then, and then career politicians. Yeah. Uh, Trudeau is uh, was a what a high school teacher or something like that. Yeah, he was. A, yeah, yeah, he was a teacher. Yeah, there's also you know coming from the uh, you know a community worker sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know? If there was a job that you would choose, that you would like to see that person try to become the leader of a country, what what job would that be? That's a great question. Um, I think someone who's someone who's done stuff in in the community. I think. Yeah, community. You know, so, some sort of community work or effort, you know, and that could be, you know, a lawyer who works with uh, underserved communities. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it could be that. I'm not sold. I used to be sold on business people should be politicians because okay. they know how to run things. I'm not sold on it anymore. I yeah. don't think that's a good fit. I don't right. think that cities or provinces or countries should be run like businesses. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, lawyers, maybe I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not best friends with anyone. So I'm not sure what goes into yeah. that. I understand you probably need to know the law. Right. For sure. That, that, that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, but I think someone who works with people understands, yeah. uh, people, you know, what their challenges are, how to overcome, how to build. Right. I think someone like that or with that skill set, Yeah. Seems to me someone who's probably has the, the skill sets necessary to help lead or build right communities what about yourself what do you think yeah i I mean as you're talking uh kindergarten teacher you know community based uh perhaps an astronaut uh Mm. sort of big picture kind of thing uh and i i i'm not against having a poet i wouldn't do it personally but uh you know i think someone with a heart someone you know i think we need more heart and less 
you know, business, law, acumen. Because at the end of the day, you know, most of these people are puppets anyways, right? There's a, a whole system behind them that is really directing the decision. So I like when the person has a heart. I, I, I yeah. appreciate when they uh, have a heart. But, you know, uh, to me, it's all Babylon system anyways. It's, it's uh, yeah, it is, it is a strange time yeah. that we're living in. Ian, I became aware of you um, last year during, is it, was it when, when Brothers Speak? Right, the, yeah. The name of the event? Yeah. 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 Uh, my sister and uh, her husband um, have, I think, attended a few of them, or at least okay. two, at least two from what I remember. This year, this past year would have been three. And so right. my sister's always raved about it. Okay, yeah, and, it's a great uh, show. She, uh, she sort of made me aware of, uh, of Dwayne Morgan. Yeah, OG. And, yeah, and so I started following him on Instagram and stuff. Uh, and then I, I, I watched, and man, I was like, this is good stuff. Hmm. This is really good stuff. How how long have you been involved or performing with with When Brothers Speak? Was that your first year? My first year, I think, was maybe 2010 or 2011. Oh, wow. So way back. Yeah, way back. Um, I've done, I think, three of them. It's okay. always a pleasure when, uh, you know, Dwayne Morgan, we call him the grandfather or the godfather of spoken word poetry here in Canada. Really? He's done, okay. Yeah, he's done so much for uh, Black artists, uh up and coming poets, really, uh, he's established so many amazing events uh, yearly. He has When Sisters Speak, uh, which lands around uh, International Women's Day. He's done so much incredible work. He's been doing this thing. I think this was the 21st edition uh, this past year of When Brothers Speak. Uh, he's really a pioneer in the art form and a legend in many of our eyes. Uh, the show is really incredible in that it really uh, showcases the power of language and the power of the spoken word. And, you know, it almost feels like a, a spiritual experience. I'm talking about being in the audience. I Every year that I'm not performing, I'm in the audience. Okay. Every sister speak, every brother speak. Uh, it's definitely a yearly thing to go to. But, you know, Dwayne Morgan, he's got a, I remember um, he, he received the, a star. So Scarborough uh, in, mm -hmm. in Toronto has a, a walk of fame. Yeah. Um, and the day he was inaugurated into the Scarborough Walk of Fame, so were the Bare Naked Ladies. And uh, it was just a, a really great uh, day uh, to witness that and have him be um, acknowledged for the work that he's done in the community. But yeah, uh, really great show. It and was. thanks to your, uh, your, your sister for, uh, for supporting. Oh yeah, she, uh, they, they loved that. And it was, it was phenomenal. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, performing virtually right no audience um how how is it and, and i'm curious have, have you done many of these i guess this past yeah year? yeah how is it performing when there's no feedback do you thrive on the feedback 
How different is it? I, I'm very interested about this. Yeah, it uh, it kind of sucks, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it is the new world and this is what we're living in. Um, I've been fortunate enough to do virtual stuff. The, the benefit is that I've been able to uh, do events in Lagos, Nigeria, in Abu Dhabi, in the UAE, uh, in the States, all over because, uh, you know, it's virtual. But at the same time, spoken word poetry thrives off of the emotional and energetic communication between performer and audience, being able to see people's faces, to hear the reaction. And spoken word poetry audiences are often quite engaging. They're snapping, they're stomping their feet. They're like, "Mm -hmm." all that, (laughs) all that stuff is really great to, uh, you know, I often say that the more energy that's given to the performer, the more energy that the performer gives to the audience. It's really a, a, a symbiotic kind of relationship. But, you know, we're here. We're here with the cameras and the Zooms yeah. and, the, and the ring lights. So, uh, you know, it's just uh, we have to adapt. Um, and, yeah, I think that there's a space for it. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially like Dwayne Morgan, are really trying to... Uh, figure out how to amalgamate the best parts of the live element and transition that into the digital world. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, and it's, it's almost like a catch 22, right? Like you just said, you were able to perform at all of these different events this past year because you've been at home. Right. Facts. Uh, but you missed that that sort of immediate feedback. Right. You know, and it's the same thing with me. I, um, I also host a music podcast and my co-host and I used to uh, pre pandemic uh, record in a, in a bar in, uh, in, in, uh, in Toronto. Okay. And I miss that. Right. But I've been able to do so much. Right. Because I don't have to get dressed. <laughs> yep. No pants necessary. I don't have necessary. to travel anywhere. Right. You know, and now like I, I'm, I'm one of the things I'm worried about is how am I going to continue being so productive, I guess, or, or as busy when I'm going to now have to start going to places. Right. Right. Physically. So it's, right. it's like a catch 22. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I'm going to try to figure out what that balance. Yeah. Is. And, yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that I'm uh, struggling with is the work-life balance because, oh, because you're at home, yeah. you can be so productive and you, you know, you can, you can stay working, 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 working uh, because you're right there. But, you know, you need time to really just leave uh, work alone and live life and, you know, interact with family, take some time, maybe do some exercise, whatever it is. But yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still figuring that out. That is so true. We used to talk about, you know, working from home. Now it's like homing from work, (laughs) you know, that's a fact. It's not, it's almost 9 PM. And right before I jumped on this call with you, um, you know, we have all of these uh, connected devices and everything. Right. And uh, one of my team members from work 
saw that I'm online and, and is messaging me right. about work stuff. And I'm like, oh man, we shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I was, know? I was in a workshop right, right prior. Yeah. Yeah. It is uh it is interesting about all of this balance. Yeah. Um, we've been talking for half an hour and I haven't asked you, Ian, how, how did you get started in, uh, in poetry? And, and, and was, is poetry sort of your first, your, your main art? Yeah, well, it's it's become that. Um, you know, when I was a, a kid, uh, my parents wouldn't allow us to watch TV or go outside or play with friends without writing a, a couple page essay about what we did or what we saw afterwards. Oh, so to this day, my parents still don't understand. Like Ian, you're a poet. How did you become a poet? Well. You know, I think uh, I think it's their fault uh, a little <laughs> bit. Um, and when uh, when I was coming up, I uh, I used to do battle rap. I used to be a battle rapper, um, and so you know, I'd be insulting people's moms and like really like dissing people and saying really horrible things uh, in a rhyming way. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and then I, I found uh, spoken word poetry. I was doing a, uh, a rap performance at Riedel Hall uh, with the former Governor General, Mikhail Jean. And uh, someone there in Ottawa said, hey, why don't you come to this poetry slam? And I saw it and I was blown away. I'm like, oh, wow, this is like battle rap, but positive. And then I was hooked from, I was hooked from there on, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. So now I know you were born in Calgary. That's right. Where's home for you now? Toronto, West Toronto. End. Yeah. Okay, okay. So did you ever participate? Were you here during, I think it's still around King of the Dot days? King of the Dot. I, I love King of the Dot. Shout outs to Organic, Gully, all the people out there. Uh, definitely, I've been to a couple of events. Uh, I did not, luckily, I dropped out of battle rap, before the like social media era. There's a couple of videos still out there. Okay. You know, um, I'm not gonna tell anyone how to, how to find them. You say luckily, luckily for whom? <laughs> luckily luckily for, for you, for your For future. me, for me, <laughs> okay. for, you know, for, for the future. Because <laughs> here's the thing, imagine, you know, imagine you're, you're like 20 something years old mm -hmm. and you're insulting someone, you're insulting their mom, you're insulting their partner, you're, talking about their physical physique, you're saying the worst things, you're wishing death upon that person. And it gets hundreds of thousands of views online and it's there forever. You know, then you're 40 or you're 50 or you're 60 and your grandchildren are coming up and say, look, grandpa, why are you saying this stuff online? Anyways, you know, it was a phase. Also back in the day, <laughs> Battle rap used to be freestyle off the dome. So you, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't pre-written. Uh, in these sort of king of the dot URL uh, days, now. Sorry, um, I don't know where we got cut off. I oh, think it's, we, all, it's all good. Talking, yeah, I think we were talking about, uh, you know, back in the day, yeah. uh, you know, battle rap was sort of fresh right off the top. Yeah. These days it's like pre-written, pre-figured out. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, 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 yeah, I'm also glad because, you know, people, audiences, they give you a little bit of uh, flexibility knowing that it, it just comes from 
uh, in the moment. It's uh, sort of improvised. Uh, but uh, I don't want to be... I, I give mad respect. I love it. I love battle rap. I love battle rappers. I, I am so invested into the culture and the art form. I really love it. It's just not for me anymore. Not for you anymore. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I did find something though on Spotify. Okay. Uh, of, of yours. I can't remember the name of the, uh, I don't have it up on my computer. Anymore. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you, you did have something there. Are, are, besides poetry, uh, obviously you, uh, you helped with this uh, video, uh, uh, Jalof Rice. Yep. Uh, you've got a couple more coming out. That's right. Uh, again, what else, what other creative um, outlets are you involved in? Yeah, you know, the, the life of an artist, at least for me, is very diverse in that I have to, I, I do a lot of different types of things. So um, I teach at uh, OCAD University uh, here in Toronto. I teach creative writing. Uh, okay. Shout outs to Lillian Allen, who uh, is the one who uh, started that program. Um, I am involved in a number of uh, film projects. I'm in development right now uh, with CBC for a, uh, a series that should be coming out in about a year and a half. Um, uh, I've got a I've got a uh, a short cartoon coming out uh, on uh, HBO Max uh, with Sesame Street um, right. in in just a, a few weeks here. So you know the grind is happening. I'm working on uh, a, an upcoming album. Uh, I do something called uh, Poetronica. So uh, it's uh, sort of like this genre that I feel like I. Uh, not that I created, but I coined this term poetronica, the mixture of poetry and electronic vibes. And so that's kind of the uh, musical elements that you'll hear on, uh, on Spotify. Oh, interesting. Okay, you, you, you said, uh, um, sorry, was it Sesame Street that you said? What that's you right, say? yeah. Tell, tell, what, like, what is this? You can't just drop Sesame Street and then... <laughs> Yeah, it's called, uh, you know, uh, you know, Sesame Street, they do their numbers, they do their, their letters of the day. Yeah, and yeah. so the piece that I created is called C is for counting. Um, it premieres on uh, HBO Max on, I think, February 15th. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're really excited about that. Um, it, I worked together with, uh, a wonderful production company called We Are Together and, uh, a great illustrator named Tracy Lamb. And, uh, yeah, the story's about a young black girl and her mom and they're, uh, planting carrots and, uh, seeing how they grow. Uh, there's a song that we created. Uh, I co-wrote the song with a collaborator, um, uh, Brad Brad Morden and uh, yeah, we're we're looking forward to uh, that premiering and uh, more more collaborations with the network. Are you sure you don't want people to find your King of the Dot days? I, <laughs> you, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. This is, this is what I'm saying. This you know, amazing. I I once saw uh, what's his name, Richard Fry, also known as Buck Sixty Five. 
uh, Canadian rapper, radio host. Um, and he was giving a performance and he's been on Sesame Street. And he said before, this was back in the day, but he said when they were doing Sesame Street, they had to uh, do like a background screening. If you're in the States with the FBI, if you're in Canada with CSIS to make sure that you haven't done many drugs, that you're, you know, that your record is clean. Um, yeah, I don't want Sesame finding those, uh, those videos <laughs> or anyone really, or like, you know, if, like a funny story. One of the late the last battles that I did was, um, uh, it was at a car show and, uh, there was a lot of people there and in the semifinals, it was me versus my brother. So my brother uh, is also a rapper, uh, well, was a rapper. And we, as we were rapping against each other, uh, you know, and, and that's the, that's the time where like mom, uh, yeah, how do you mom, do that? <laughs> mom jokes can like really come in, not insulting mom, but saying like, Hey, you know, mom, mom didn't really love you. Like mom loves me the best or what have you. Uh, at that moment, no word of a lie. My mom comes into the event, uh, to come pick us up, to go home. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit of a embarrassing scene. So, you know, I, I try and keep her out, out, out of, uh, that kind of world, but you know, sometimes God puts uh, situations in front of you to tell you to smarten up. And, and now you are a featured speaker on When Brothers Speak, one of the most positive places. <laughs> that's, the, that's the vibe. That's the vibe. You know, everybody, uh, everybody comes from somewhere, I guess. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that, that is so true. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you talked earlier about, uh, you know, being at home, but performing at, at uh, events in, in different countries. Um, you know, prior to 2020, what were some of your favorite places you had been performing wise? Yeah. So I, uh, I, uh, I was right before the pandemic hit, um, I was able to travel to New Orleans, uh, Mm -hmm. to perform at the Folk Alliance conference. Uh, that was really amazing. Uh, a few months before that I was in Slovakia. Um, Mm -hmm been able to perform in Abu Dhabi and uh, Dubai, Morocco, uh, West Africa, uh, Rwanda. Really, I've been super blessed to be able to perform and travel all over the world, uh, sharing my love of poetry. Uh, So yeah, that's definitely one thing that I miss. And I don't know what I'm going to do if they're going to force people to take the vaccine and show a card before you can travel overseas. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I'm I'm super skeptical, but I I shouldn't be saying this on the podcast. Take the vaccine, take the vaccine, take the vaccine, and then let me know how it goes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you well, you're not you're not at the front of the line. You look like still a young guy. So yeah, we we, we yeah, I think uh, there's a website where you can check out uh, when you're scheduled, and uh, I think I'm around the summertime. So yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, we'll know a bit more. <laughs> Is there a place? I mean, Slovakia sounds that sounds interesting. You know, I don't want to stereotype, but it doesn't sound no, like there's a lot of. I was. The, I, I, I think I think I was the only black person in Slovakia. Now. I, there was a time that I was walking to the show in the middle of the day, there was about five dudes, all sort of skin, 
for heads and uh i was walking past them and they start making monkey noises towards me so no it's a it's a real thing i've been uh you know i've uh been face to face with nazis in sweden it's uh you know the things that we do for poetry but uh yeah it's it's real out there it's it's absolutely real but it it inspires me to keep on going to keep on moving to really put messages into my work because I've experienced all this stuff firsthand for sure. Wow. And these, these are people in this, this, this is not like audience members. No, no, just on the street. Wow. Yeah. That is crazy. I always think it's like stuff just on television. No, no, it's real. It's real. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, is there a place you haven't performed that you just want to go that you'll take yeah. the vaccine to go to that I'll take Mars. <laughs> I, I'd love to perform on Mars. That, that'd be awesome. Or uh, in space. Like uh, I think it'd be so cool to have work or uh, you know, something played uh, mm. in the international space station, stuff like that. I, I think that'd be super cool. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, physical locations here on planet earth, uh, South Africa has been calling my name um, for, for a great deal. Jamaica has been calling my name. Uh, these are places that I haven't visited yet. And, you know, it's not necessarily about me performing there. I think I get more mm. just from being there, from experiencing the culture, from sure. meeting the people, uh, from interacting with other poets uh, that, that are local. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about those opportunities. Yeah. Are audiences different for poetry in different places in the world? Absolutely. Are, are there audiences that are more boisterous or yeah. audiences that are very quiet and, you know, don't say a word until you're finished and then clap? That's right. How, like, what's, to tell me about some of these different Yeah, there's so America. many different, there's so many different kinds of cultures, even within Toronto. Okay. Um, you know, you have your slam community, uh, which is the competition of spoken word and the audiences here in Toronto and in the States are boisterous. They're snapping, they're yelling, they're uh, showing appreciation for hot lines or hot bars. Um, you go to somewhere like England or Scotland and the audiences are much more reserved uh, in regards to spoken word poetry. Okay. Um, in uh, West Africa, uh, they definitely show support, but they show support, you know, after the the poem is read. So it just depends on where you're at and and what the what the culture is there in regards to their poetry. Also, the poetry in different places is really different. In oh. uh, in England, I uh, noticed that they rhyme a lot. In Ghana, uh, a lot of the poetry is religious focused. Uh, so there's just so many interesting dynamics that happen in regards to uh, poetry all around the world. And it's such a pleasure. I've been really blessed to be able to experience uh, different styles and uh, different audiences. Yeah. Is, was there a time when you performed in a place, maybe overseas or, you know, somewhere down in America or across Canada, where the reaction threw you off or the lack of a reaction yeah, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you two examples. Uh, the first is uh, Uppsala, which is in the northern part of Sweden. Um, okay. And uh, I, I was uh, doing a workshop uh, at a high school. 
the English for the students there was maybe 10%. They didn't really understand what I was saying. Oh, wow. The wonderful thing about spoken word poetry, though, they say 85% of communication is like body language, micro expressions, tone. The wonderful thing about spoken word poetry is that you can feel it even though you might not understand it. Mm. And so, but that situation was super awkward. I didn't know. I didn't know how to react because I knew that they did not understand, right? They didn't know when it ended, when it began, when I was saying something intelligent or funny, everything just fell flat, 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 flat. But I loved that experience. It was a a really uh, (laughs) learning experience. And then um, I was fortunate enough to uh, write a poem for the Global Citizen uh, Conference. And this was a, an event that happened in Montreal 2016, um, put on by the Bill uh, Gates and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay. Uh, the, the Roots performed, Usher performed. Uh, a lot of great artists were there. Um, uh, in the audience, I believe there was about 20,000 people, something like that. And so, you know, the, the interesting thing is that you know, when there's five people or 10 people and you're performing or reading, you feel very close. But when there's like 10,000 people, you feel very far from them. Mm. And so when you say something, it kind of takes a few seconds for it to like permeate into the audience. They react, but by the time you react, they react, you're on on a different uh, level. You're on a different line. And just the reverberation of having it, it, it's kind of surreal. It didn't feel super connected uh, yeah. and, and, and almost had the opportunity to throw me off. So what I did was I like overperformed. I was like yelling. It was, uh, you know, it wasn't my best performance, but the way I got through it was to just, you know, kind of blank out the sound and just keep going, keep going, keep oh, going. That's fascinating. Tell, tell me about that experience in was it France where you won the uh, the the world was it what is it called the world slam yeah, poetry Champion. yeah we we uh, I call it the world poetry slam champion but uh, the uh, the title for the event was uh, Le Coupe du Monde des Poésies or the World Cup of uh, Poetry okay. um, really intense uh, in that you know a lot of a lot of fears, um, a lot of anxiety, obviously being in a new place. Uh, my French is come see, come sa. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, dealing with that as well. Yeah. Uh, but it was such a cool experience to see poetry from around the world. We're talking Mozambique, Singapore, uh, Russia, England. It was really, really incredible uh, to interact and uh, share work uh, with such incredible artists from around the world. Uh, I, I was joined by a friend, uh, fellow poet and artist, Komi Olaf, and without his support, I don't know if uh, I would have done it, but you know, we were training like we were in the uh, Olympic finals. Uh, yeah. And so every day we'd be rehearsing. We, Because there's a time limit and you get docked if you go over the time limit. The time limit is three minutes. You have 10 second grace period. If you go over that 10 second grace period, you get docked 0.5 for every 10 seconds that you go over. So, you know, we're 
we're we're timing ourselves and prior to that only canadian or only americans have won this competition you know a poetry oh. slam started in america and okay americans are so good at performance and spitting rhymes and just you know being exuberant and really uh communicating their messages yeah. uh and so you know i was terrified of the american shout outs to shout outs to the american uh they were re- really fantastic uh but yeah so it, you know a lot of fear a lot of anxiety uh but staying focused on the goal and uh you know the goal wasn't necessarily to win it was just to put out be the best version of myself on stage and uh yeah i was so fortunate to win that and it literally changed my life um wow i uh i quit uh the job that i was at and uh moved to ontario and uh said you know this is this is what i'm going to do this is where the path is lead, leading me wow that is nuts man if yeah. you, you went and told the whole world i'm a world cup champion i i i i i i did not tell anyone um I think it's always better when other people say those kinds of things about you. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um Ian, this has been a lot of fun for me. I really appreciate you having me on there. Thank you so much. I have one last question though. Yeah. Um I know you like it when other people say things about you. Oh, no, no, no. Not But, even that. <laughs> it is it's better. Yes, then saying it yourself. Of yes. course, of course. But I, I I have a question for you, and then sure. I ha- I haven't forgotten if 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 you could indulge me with. I got a little something for the people. Don't worry. Okay, perfect. But here's what I want to know: What's one thing most people don't know about Ian? One thing people, um, most people don't know. I am I'm probably the biggest introvert that i know and uh it comes out as a lot of a big surprise to people because you know on stage i can look like i have all the confidence in the world and you know i love to interact with people uh but a lot of my time is just spent uh up in here uh you know just down on the paper and pad just working on stuff uh i'm a really sort of quiet reserved hermit kind of person. I I I I asked this question to uh to everybody. Yeah. Uh recently I've been asking it. And so I don't know if um if you're a, a hockey fan or anything like that. I I I saw I I saw some of those clips, yeah. Okay. From so, the from the Maple Leafs. He yeah, was a former so, Maple Leaf, yeah. Yeah, Nick Kiprios. That's right. So he Legend. said Yeah, he said Uh the one thing most people don't know is that he's an introvert. Wow. And so many people have said this to me hmm. whether they're actors, um athletes, uh people that you associate with being public faces. Right. Uh myself, yeah. I would say I'm an introvert. Right. Um I'm more comfortable being alone than than yeah. anything else. Right. And I th- I think those who are in the perform I I think there's a correlation there. Yeah. With people that are in the performing arts arena. Right. Yeah. And their personality is not always they're not always a type A. They're right. They right. They seem to be opposite that. Right. 
but arts is a way for them to express themselves, right. you know, or athletics or whatever the case right. may be. Yeah, I find that it, I find that very interesting. Super interesting. Yeah, I, I'm still uh, navigating it and uh, what that looks like. Obviously, something like the pandemic has some silver linings for people like us because uh, yeah. uh, you know not much changes. Yes. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, it is it it is important to uh, seek out relationships. It is important to uh, interact with people and. Of course, uh, yes. And, and share in humanity. Absolutely. Totally agree. Ian, before we leave, could you yeah. in, in, indulge myself? Absolutely. So, you know, I think with all this uh, difficulty that's going on around the world, uh, all this turmoil and chaos, I think oftentimes we can be self-deprecating. We can think, oh, woe is me. But I want to remind everyone out there that you're awesome, that you're great, you're perfect the way that you are, and you should congratulate yourselves. You should give yourself a pat on the back. This poem is called Congrats. You stubbed your toe, that sucks, but you made it here, that's pretty awesome. You took public transit during a pandemic, very brave, well done. Your whole outfit cost less than $50, and you look decent. Good job. You misplaced your wedding ring. Bummer. But you found five bucks in your jeans. Score. This morning, you drank over four glasses of water. You are an inspiration. Thought about eating a salad. Didn't, but you thought about it. Gold star. You went to Starbucks and they got your name right. I see you, white barista. I mean, Starbucks is the Babylon system, but thumbs up, bro. The weather is the weather and the government is still the government, but today you called your mom, no emergency, no ask attached, just called, and that is good. Your own name doesn't scare you anymore. Yesterday you wore your sadness like a sapphire on perfume, and today you smell like the best parts of your memoir, delicious. Mm. You said hello to a dream, goodbye to smoking, to loving that which hurts you. You made something that made you laugh well done. You decided to watch Full House reruns on Netflix and eat salted caramel Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Tomorrow you might do it again. You deserve it. Excellent, it is true. For every discount on deodorant, there is someone suffering. For every perfect sandwich, a stomach tussles with dementia. And each morning when you awake, someone did not. We cannot take the tiny miracles for granted. Small droplets of yes catching in buckets stacked on top of one another. Pushing our feet towards something worth climbing for. Right now we celebrate you and your engagement. That thing you said, the answered email, the new baby, holy cow. When others stood in ignorance and smoke, you spoke up, sat down, stood up, raised fist, repost, retweet, reminded yourself that you are still improving. That nestled inside of you is a greater you waiting for you to become the you you were meant to become. You thought that you wouldn't make it, but you were right for being wrong. And to me, that's pretty cool. See, it may be raining, but you shoveled the toxic from the driveway already. And today the cancer is calm. 
the news is on mute, so the dancing is loud. And you sang in the dark, and to me, that's a win. I have written on wailing walls, built a home for Scowl to sleep in, made no time for the quiet confetti for celebration. Yes, we will work on the mistakes, and yes, there is so much more work to do. But before you left the house, you tied your shoes all by yourself without falling over. Super duper. Way to go. I knew you could do it. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. Thanks, boss. That was really, really good. Oh, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. No problem. Wow. Um, Ian, if people want to um, connect with you, see what you're up to, sure. is, is there a place where they can go see some of your work, buy some of your work? Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm all over, all online. Uh, Ian Keteku, I-A-N-K-E-T-E-K-U, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. So uh, yeah, I look forward to connecting with you. I'm super open, you know, always ready for a conversation. So uh, holler at me. I appreciate it. Ian, this has been amazing. Much love. Thanks so much, Kareem.